0: season two of the jkr podcast
1: powered by black cobra sports my name is jay shriglin and i'm the host let's dig into
0: today's episode after a word from our sponsor today's episode sponsor is mind baseball located in dallas texas their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beech wood straight grains mean for less breaks, and mine baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mine Baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built-in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, On Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, Baseball, Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. And welcome back to the JKR podcast. Today we have Texas native, former Texas 12 left-handed
1: pitcher and 2023 Texas A&M signee. We got Jackson Brosseau on the JKR podcast. For the Texas 12 baseball series powered by Mind Baseball, Jackson, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing today?
2: Heck yeah, man. I'm
1: good. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. This is this is
2: this is gonna be cool.
1: Of course, awesome. Well, let's let's go ahead. Let's dig into it. So, before we dig into you know your baseball career a little bit, I've got one question I like to ask everybody that gets on the podcast, and that is: for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Jackson Brissette?
2: Hmm, good question. Uh, Jackson Bersow is, uh, I'm a man of faith. Um, I love the Lord. Uh, he's my best friend. Uh, really, really, really rely on him uh, in all aspects of my life. Uh, and then, man, I'm a family man, uh, big time family guy. Uh, where I live, uh, just ton of my mom's family, all the way down to her second cousins are here. And, and so we we get a lot of quality family time in and then, and then i just love the game of baseball um just a fierce fierce competitor uh, so that that's who i am
1: yeah so you talk about your faith here a little bit and as i was going through you know your social medias i'm seeing that you do have a lot of volunteer experience so let's kind of dig into that here a little bit just take us through maybe what some of those volunteer experiences been um you know where they're located just some just i mean what 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 has that been like for you so far
2: yeah well it it all stems from for from, from my love for jesus um and fortunately, uh, he's he's pulled some pulled some crazy strings uh, this this past semester, sending me uh, off to the Dominican Republic um, for for over a week, getting to do some some mission work down there, I actually through the game of baseball as well, um, which was which was a blessing. Uh, it's a pretty neat story. Um, so really, really, I was I was struggling trying to trying to incorporate my my faith and my love for the game uh, right now in my career and. Just through some prayer, uh, randomly, I uh, I was approached and offered a a full week long sponsored trip to the Dominican, um, and actually through a connection with my advisor, um, and with within a month of of me being in prayer about that, uh, I think it was November November fourth, um, I was approached, and then uh, December third, I I flew back uh, from the Dominican. So uh, it was it was a God got opportunity there and uh, it, it was
1: amazing So was that your first time out of the country going to the Dominican Republic
2: uh on on my own yes uh, we we'd been on a on a cruise or two um, growing up but but nothing on that level
1: yeah so you know I always you know in high school I mean I would always hear you know people my friends being like oh I went on a mission trip here to this country this and that. So when you are going on mission trips, I know you said it was a sponsored event through baseball as well, and you got to do some baseball type stuff. But like when you are on mission trips, like what what exactly does that look like? What Like what are you doing? Um, I guess I really don't know when it comes to like when you're out of this out of the United States and actually helping out those people of the Dominican Republic.
2: Yeah, well, well it's eye opening. Um, you know, you hear about you hear about poverty. Uh, but it is it, it's different when you see it. And, uh, and probably the biggest eye-opening thing to me, I had multiple, uh, just, it was like revelation after revelation, um, of just, just the life that they live. Um, but, but seeing the joy that they had having so little was, I mean, it's an, it's inspiring and it's, it's something that, that can never be taken away from me. And that I've just, um, had the opportunity multiple times to share since I've been back, um, and just to try to teach that lesson. Uh, I say teach, um, but yeah, to share that experience with others. Cause I mean, it, it's truly life-changing the things you see down there. I'm sure.
1: So you talk about how a big motivation of that is, you know, your love of your, it's the, a big motivation for that is your faith, you know, your love of Jesus. Um, but beyond that, like, what are some other motivations you have just for, you know, going and doing that type of stuff, helping out, you know, people who are in poverty in different countries beyond your faith. Are there a couple other motivations that you have on um, to, you know, show your love for these other people?
2: Um, that's a good question. Uh, different motivations, uh, for, for that community work, um, not, not a whole lot, really. Um, just, I, I got, I got to really point the finger finger to the Lord because he's, he's been the one that even made that trip possible for me. Um, but, but doing community work, uh, just, just within our, within our community, uh, here in Paris, Texas, um, uh, you know, the, the benefits that, that the community gets, um, uh, cause you know, we, we have rough spots, rough spots in town, just like, just like probably anywhere else. Um, so so being able to to be a helping hand there um, is, is just always great for the community as well.
1: Yeah. So one last question before we dig into your baseball career. So, you know, going and having that type of experience, you know, doing that, helping others, does that inspire you to, you know, just continuously evolve within your baseball career as well? Is there, you know, do they, you know, play hand in hand at that point or are they kind of separated in your mind?
2: No, I, they absolutely play hand in hand. Um, one of the coolest parts about, going to the dominican and is that we actually got to play baseball with them uh so we we were going to these to these villages uh so to speak and just playing pickup baseball with these with these kids ranging from you know 10 all the way up to you know 17 years old just playing pickup baseball with these guys um and and obviously there's a language barrier there and there's broken spanish and broken english um but the game is a language of its own and so the The game was – the the beauty of the game really stood out um, in, in that experience getting to play with those guys uh, from a different country. Yeah.
1: So, you with you talking about your faith, I mean, from my point of view, it looks like that really fits in to the Texas 12. I know as I talk to all the different coaches there within the program, talk to other ball players, I feel like you guys are all very deep within your faith, so I'm sure that fits in very well um, with you playing for the Texas 12 here, however many years that was. Uh, But take us through, you know, how you got connected with the Texas 12 and what that experience was like playing for the 12 for so long.
2: Yeah. So uh, as I mentioned, I'm living in Paris, Texas now, which is a couple hours, uh, roughly two hours north of Dallas. But I grew up in Houston uh, in Katy, Texas, and which is the, the 12 has a has a Katy area or a Katy location. So I grew up playing travel ball for them. Uh, for for years and just fell in love with the coaching staff and the way that they do things uh, is very professional and relationship driven, um, which I think played a huge role in my development uh, as an athlete and baseball player early on. Uh, and then I actually left uh, for my the summer of my sophomore year. Uh, I left and played with five star um, and have amazing things to say about them. Uh, but then I got the call back to um I, I got the call back from 12 and, and just couldn't pass up the opportunity to play play with those guys
1: again that I grew up with. I'm sure so you talk about relationships there. Um I know you said before we started recording, you know, I know Coach Bennett, you know, is the you know the founder and the owner of the Texas 12, but I mean he's really focused on that class of 2025. Um so what are some of your relationships that you have? You know, I know Coach Knox was your coach growing up in the class of 2023, but they even beyond Coach Knox with other coaches in that 12 program. Uh, what are some of those relationships that you have?
2: Yeah, Coach Knox and uh, Corey Van Allen, the the pitching coach with us this summer, um, just two phenomenal dudes. Uh, I mean, they they'll tell you how it is straight up. Uh, they don't they don't lie to you, um, and they are they're they coach they coach more than baseball. Um, and I feel from from this experience uh, this summer and playing for them, uh, I feel equipped not only just as a baseball player and on the field, but I feel equipped mentally and, um, having, having the right mindsets and attitudes, uh, approaching the game and actually playing in the game, uh, that, that are going to help me tremendously at the next level. And I owe it, I owe it most of most of all of it to them. Yeah.
1: So you talk about how you played for five star for one summer, you know, Texas 12 five star, two of the best, you know, I would say probably two of the best top 10 organizations within travel baseball, So you had that experience to go and see how a different organization runs. Um, If you can kind of go ahead and, you know, talk about, you know, how both these organizations have been so successful with you being an insider of both, what do you think has led to the success of both of these programs?
2: Um, Well, Five Star, they, um, they, they do a really good job of promoting themselves and putting themselves out there and the, just the, the pool of kids and talent that, that they bring in on a national level um, is, is almost second to none. Um, they, uh, they, they are a well-oiled machine um, and, and are, are taking over baseball on a, on a national level. Um, as far as, far as travel ball goes and, and perfect game baseball goes. Uh, but, but the biggest thing um, I'd, I'd say similar, similar to a small town, you know, it's a, uh, it just doesn't, the, the relationships, and the, and I'd say the trust uh, that, that you build up through these relationships with, with Texas 12 is um, they, they put a huge emphasis on that. Um, they're very, they're, they're the opposite of transactional. Um, they're very transformational coaches. Um, and so uh, not nothing to, uh, to put down on five-star. I, I had great relationships with my coaches there, but, but I'd say that's probably, you know, the separator, but I, uh, can't, can't say anything bad about either one of them. Great yeah. programs,
1: Yeah, which I'm sure with you being insider, you've seen it, you know, um, on the day to day. But me being an outsider, you, you always see, you know, Texas 12, five star, you know, USA Prime, Canes, all like that. Those two teams, the 12 and the five star, you know, are always in that conversation with those top tier programs in the country. So both of them are obviously doing something right. Um, but no, let's look into, you know, your travel baseball career has come to an end. So let's go ahead. Let's kind of look back at these past years, you know, the one summer with five star, the rest of your summers were Texas 12. Um, If you kind of just look back and just think of, you know, two to three just favorite memories that you've had to experience playing travel baseball, traveling the country, uh, what would a couple of those just favorite memories be?
2: Oh, man. Well, um, off the bat, the carry tournament in in North Carolina, um, it just being, being stoked about playing with this Texas 12 team uh, with, with some of the best talent or really in my opinion, the best talent in the state um, and just traveling over first tournament of the summer and just winning the carry tournament. Um, It, it, the competition that, that was probably my first time really playing on the national level as far as talent goes. Uh, So that was, that was a neat experience for me for me to have. And, and for the first one to to just win it all on, on such a big stage like that was uh, that that was a great experience. That was super cool. Just a great way to start off the summer. And then, uh, secondly, would would probably be the area code this summer. Uh, not not super related to, to Texas 12 or five star, but but after after almost making the team uh, and falling short the previous summer of making. That under, underclass team, uh, that that one was that event was circled uh, on the calendar for for this summer, and and I had the I had the blessing of playing in that one, uh, and that was that was an, an experience of its own, uh, being in front of pro scouts and really really playing with the cream of the crop. Um, that was that was amazing.
1: Yeah. So those answers kind of dig into my next couple questions. You know, obviously, if I'm being transparent with you, the next three questions went the Team USA carry competition, PG National, the area code. So you brought up two of those three. Let's dig into it. So take us through that carry competition. You know, going to play at that USA baseball complex. Take us through what that day-to-day looked like. I know you guys were facing what was, I believe, the top 16 teams in the country were there. Uh, Just take us through what that competition level was like, the day-to-day, and overall just what that experience was like.
2: Yeah, uh, you saying competition level, that is – that is probably the, the highlighted term here. It's it's, it feels like college baseball, the, the atmosphere, the, the talent level of the players, but, but the intensity of the players, the mindset that, that all these, these guys are dudes and they're wanting to play at the next level. And, and all of them, you know, are most of them are power five schools. Uh, You're seeing a legit real arms. um, And, and there's, there's, you can't take a hitter off. Um, So, that that intensity, uh, being locked into the game, uh, it's it's a fun environment. Um, some, something I haven't hadn't experienced before. Um, so it was, it, it's addicting, man. I, you know, that just leads me. I can't wait to play play at A and M next year. Uh, college baseball is gonna be gonna be fun. I'm sure.
1: So for for that championship game there in Cary, like I said, my hometown team, the Indiana Bulls, I pretty much know everybody, you know, well, on the regular Bulls. I know that's Bulls National you guys face, so I don't know everybody there, but I know quite a few guys on that Bulls team. Take me through that championship game through your eyes, what that was like, you know, being there, the atmosphere, you know, I guess maybe the the final dog pile when you guys won those gold medals. Take us mm-hmm. through, through your eyes what that championship game was like playing against the Indiana Bulls.
2: Yeah that was cool. Um you know a lot of these guys you see on social media, you know Max Clark, you know see see him on social media growing up. Um and you know he's not the only one but you uh you you get to see these guys in person and um to to see that they are you know that they're on the same field as you is 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 a cool experience. Um but then also you know to realize that they're human too and they put they put one foot on or one shoe on um, just just like you do, uh, and that, that you're just two guys out there playing the game uh, and trying to win. Uh, it, it was cool. It goes back to the competitive part that I mentioned. Uh, but that that dog pile, I, I remember vividly. Uh, Jackson Wilkerson on the mound, left handed pitcher, um, great guy, uh, executing a pitch, and just just running out the dugout for that dog pile was it was cool, man. It it, it was really neat.
1: I'm sure. Yeah. So I've, I've ta- obviously talking to all you different Texas 12 people, you know, I've heard that story from a few different point of views there. And it's it's always cool every time just to see that final experience before you guys win that gold medal. Uh, but let's transition a little bit to PG National. I know you got to go down there to Tampa, Florida, play at Tropicana Field, Um, you know, highlight your highlight your skills to, you know, a bunch of different scouts, a bunch of different coaches. Um, So take us through that event as well. You know, what the atmosphere was like, obviously that's going to be different than the competition level you're facing at the Team USA event. Uh, but just take us through that event as well—the day to day, what you guys were seeing, maybe some of the te- the you know non-Texas 12 teammates that you bonded with. What was that PG National experience like?
2: Uh, P- PG National was awesome. Um, yeah, ob- obviously being in a big league stadium, was, was a first for me. Uh, that that was that was surreal. Uh, but I, I think the coolest part about that event. Uh, was like like you mentioned, the uh, being able to play with teammates that, that from from all over that that you know you don't typically get to play with. So so meeting some of those guys and and building relationships uh, was was awesome. I uh, still still keep up with a couple of the guys that I met and and pitched to and, and pitched with on that on that PG national team.
1: So you talk about relationships there. Um, so let's kind of separate this question in two different two different categories. So who are some of those guys that you've bonded with, you know, the most playing all these different summers with the Texas 12? Who are some of those guys? And then who are some of those guys when you head to, you know, area code, PG national, you know, maybe some guys you bonded with on five star, who are some of those different relationships that you've built um, just with players across the country and players for the Texas 12?
2: Yeah. Um, Blake Mitchell is definitely uh, definitely up there got a pitch with him or pitch to him a lot this summer uh, with him catching for 12 and uh, so you know that that pitcher catcher we had a lot, a lot of great conversations and, and great experiences through that uh, so he's definitely up there uh, I enjoy I enjoy a lot of the pitchers man uh, got got to live a little bit of the PO life for the first time this summer and uh, <laughs> some of those man man living out in that bullpen uh, on some of these parks that we were that we were playing at was it it was fun man we those guys we had a good time yeah i'm sure Uh, and then yeah during during the pg national i really got to know davis rivers uh we have a couple mutual friends actually that, that that we came to figure out but yeah great great catcher texas tech uh signee uh but yeah i still keep up with him pretty often actually uh he's he's a great guy
1: So you also brought up area code on how you almost made the team. What was it? Your sophomore year didn't didn't Mm -hmm. make it, but almost did, you know, you had that date circled on your calendar. What was that like, you know, officially making that team after not making it the year before. And then when you do get there, which I believe was in California this past year uh, what that, what that experience was like, again, kind of the same questions for PG national kind of what the atmosphere competition level day to day look like just take us through that whole event as well.
2: Yeah. Well, um, yeah, that, that one was definitely circled. Like I said, really, I I was, I was stoked to get that phone call, man. And, um, and at at that point in the summer, uh, my my stuff had stuff had been really good leading up to that event uh, on the mound. And so, so a little bit of pro talk was what was in the conversation and, and to get to pitch in front of all those scouts was, was new. Um, but, but also a blessing and, and just a super neat opportunity that 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 I don't know if I'll ever get again. Uh, but it was it, it was super cool, man. Um, and also my first time in California too. Uh, I, I think I think one of the coolest parts about this summer, uh, kind of shifting off off the question a little bit that I wanted to touch on, was getting get to travel to all these places. Uh, you, you get get baseball. Baseball's brought me to a lot of places that, that I never would have gone uh, otherwise. So, uh, go, going to California for the first time was was really neat. But the competition level at Area Code, uh, almost second to none. There, uh, I mean, you are very literally playing against the best, playing with the best talent in your region first off, and then uh, playing against the the best of the others. And similar to the similar to the USA event where you can't take a hitter off. Um, it. I mean, you're you're seeing the best stuff, and and you're right there in the middle of it. So, the the atmosphere is electric, man. It's it's
1: awesome. I'm sure. So, with you being a Power Five signee, obviously your baseball development is better than you. Know, what let's say 99.9% of uh, baseball players here in the country. But you're also playing amongst guys like you mentioned, Blake Mitchell, Kendall George, going to Arkansas, a bunch of Power Five SEC signees, commits. Um, when you're around guys like that. Like, do you pick their brains in a way in terms of you know maybe develop your game even further, or do you watch guys a certain way when they're you know maybe doing something? What is that like when you're around guys you know with that same mindset, same style of play, um, be all going to you know power five uh, big, power five SEC schools? What are some different ways that you're watching guys picking their brain?
2: No, for sure, uh, I definitely do that. Uh, I mean, this 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 high level talent. Uh, they they've gotten they've gotten to this place with with certain tools that that they've gathered over the years. So, you know, you know, iron sharpens iron, man. Uh, we, we've had some great conversations and, and I've grown a lot from from being teammates with those guys.
1: So transition a little bit, you know, you, you mentioned iron sharpens iron. And while you're playing high school baseball in Texas, I'm sure that's the same way. Me being in Indiana, you know, that's all I hear about, you know, Texas high school baseball, Texas high school baseball is, is great. You know, the top competition level is top tier. Let's dig into high school baseball there for you when you're playing for, um, what is it? It's like North, was it North Lamar or North? I can't, I looked it up. Yes. Really.
2: Yeah, North Lamar.
1: North Lamar. Okay. So when you're fa- when you're playing for North Lamar, let's dig into that. Uh, what have these past couple of seasons been like for you? And then what is the outlook going into 2023? Where, like you said, your first game is coming up here in a couple of days. I, uh, just take us through that high school baseball in Texas,
2: yeah, uh, first so moving, making the transition from from the Houston uh, and living in the suburbs in the city. Uh, i I started off my freshman year at at Katie high School, big big six a high school, uh, and then uh, making the transition to a small four a, uh, which is where we're at. I don't know what the divisions are like in in Indiana. But smaller school, uh, but fortunately, uh, my high school coach Brick Steed, he he has been a phenomenal mentor to me. Uh, he was actually a left-handed pitcher, uh, pitched in pro ball, and actually a pitching coach himself. So uh, lot lot to learn from there, uh, and he's been been a great mentor for me on and off the field. But the uh, past couple seasons at North Lamar have been have been awesome. Uh, the development has been second to none uh this we we have a loaded 23 class Uh, I think we're up to uh 13 seniors roughly this year uh which which for 4a is uh is a big number so we're we're looking to do damage in the postseason here and and make a run for the state title uh that's our goal and um yeah we're shooting for nothing less than, than a state championship at Northmore this year
1: yeah so with you being one of those 13 seniors you know obviously power five commit how have you maybe transitioned from you know years in the past you know being a guy who maybe some of the older guys are taking underneath their wing to now being that cedar senior in the locker room how have you kind of maybe transitioned to a leader um you know showing guys the rope showing guys how to play high school baseball um where does that where where do you stand leadership wise um for north lamar yeah that's been
2: a leadership and leading leading in that locker room has been a it's been a struggle uh, at times, uh, but it, it's forced me to, to evolve and, um, and, and to take my leadership skills to a higher level, um, learn how to lead different types of people. Uh, Cause especially coming off of coming off of a summer where you're, you're just surrounded by, by people that just love the game of baseball and want to play it at a high level. That, that's not the case for, for everybody in our locker room. So, so, so being able to manage the atmosphere and and knowing your audience has been a been an adjustment for me as a leader, but uh, it it's it's been great. Our locker room is more united than than it's ever been this year, uh, and I think that's going to play a huge factor into into our into our season this year.
1: So you mentioned how a big goal is, you know, make a run in that state championship, go try, you know, contend for a state title. What does that look like in Texas when it comes to you know making this making the state tournament? Or what what comes along with that? Because here in Indiana, I mean, our our class system somewhat similar. I'm sure our biggest high school is much smaller than your guys' biggest high school. But um, here in Indiana, every school makes a tournament, um, no matter what. There's really no seating; it's kind of you know just random, and you just go from there. Si- school sizes you know stay around the same. Um, but what does that look like in Texas when it comes to making the state tournament and making that run?
2: Yeah, well, in Texas, in Texas, it's definitely different. Uh, not not everybody makes the playoffs. So, uh, fortunately, fortunately, we've been in the playoffs uh, my past two seasons at North Lamar, um, and they they've been shorter than expected. Uh, our postseason runs, but uh, it, it's competitive, man, uh, all the way from the start of district play um, for for baseball. Um, yeah it's it's nothing to be minimized uh, it is still texas high school baseball and and there's there's so much talent down here that um uh, there's uh there's nobody you can you can take lightly so uh, fr- from the first round all the way to i think the seventh uh the state championship is um from from the first round to the seventh round uh you know you, you've got to come ready to play because you know, at, at any point at any given moment um You know, you you can't take your foot off the gas here. So it's it's a fun environment.
1: Playoff baseball here in Texas is, is different. Sure. So you mentioned how, you know, 4A baseball is, you know, smaller schools than 6A but it still is Texas high school baseball. Oh, uh, What is some of that competition level you guys are facing, you know, on a week to week basis where you guys are at regionally, uh, maybe some other power five commits in your area you're looking forward to facing this year, maybe some other teams that are compete with you, you know, for a district title or, you know, some other guys in your region who are potentially other, um, other contenders for the state title. What does that competition level look like in your area?
2: Yeah. Um, in our district, uh, just starting in our district, it is, uh there's, it's not too pitcher heavy this year. Unfortunately, um, well, it is for us. Uh, North Lamar, our, our pitching staff is, is way above average. Uh, we've got uh, probably six or seven, uh, I'd say probably six or seven dudes uh, looking to throw in the, in the low to mid eighties uh, as well as two, as, as well as another guy behind me uh, scrape, scraping low nines. So um, but but outside of north Lamar our district is not super heavy on pitching this year uh but but typically it's it's a low to mid 80s type of type of play uh and for a baseball here in, in our region uh, but but we've got a couple good good teams that can really swing it um you know scrappy scrappy plays here um you know a lot a lot of bunts and uh a lot of bunts and and hard ground balls uh Really play, uh, especially at, at our high school level.
1: So, as I've talked to other high school players in the past, you know, obviously with this Texas twelve series and even beyond that, um, in the months prior, I've heard that Texas, well, Texas sports in general, they've got this thing called what is it, athletic period or something, something where you know you don't like instead yeah. of going to class, you actually go to practice. What does that look like for yep. you there at North Lamar? What does that average game day look like? Because, I mean, beyond you Texas guys, I don't think I've interviewed another person who has that. Take us through, you know, what an average game day looks like with that
0: athletic period.
2: Okay, so uh, our athletic period is is first period. So, you know, wake up, get ready for school, and headed straight to the locker room. Uh great way to get your day started. But on a game day, we do – we – we we go to the cage. We normally swing at it on a game day, and just really get the competitive juices flowing. Just doing doing comps left and right. Uh, we're really getting the team fired up and and getting the swings feeling right before the game. And then then afterwards, um, de- depending on home or away, uh, we'll take some batting practice, and then uh, uh, yeah, and then hit our hit our jog stretch throw and and we. From the get go, uh, from the second we we put our cleats on, we're we're big intent. Uh, you know, practice practice like you play, and and so second we step in, in between the lines, it's we're, it's game like, uh, and nothing less. So, uh, I mean, that, that's what it's like per game.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned a big deal for you guys this year is you know contending for that state title, but with that first game, you know, just a couple days away, I'm sure you guys are counting it down there in the locker room what are some of those goals you have on the personal side of things and as a team, as you guys look forward to game one, what are some of those goals heading into 2023?
2: Yeah, personally, uh, my personal goals is, uh, is, is to win, win baseball games. When I get on the mound, um, you know, if it doesn't matter if there's scouts in the stands or, or or whatever the situation may be Um, I'm playing for North Lamar right now. And, and winning, winning every baseball game for for my team when I'm on the mound is a goal for me. And then, and then as a team, I, I don't think it, I don't think it varies too much. Um, the The talent level of our team uh, and the potential that we have uh, p- playing as a group together, uh, as one, you know, makes us really dangerous. So uh, we don't, we don't, we don't plan to to give in, and uh, we, we plan to win win-win just about every baseball game we play this year. Uh, and that, that's kind of the mindset in our locker room. And, and you know, saying something like that, you know, seems kind of bold, but, you know, we got we got 17 dudes in our locker room that, that believe it. So uh, it's, it's, it's something special.
1: Yeah. So, you know, after this spring, you're going to get that chance to go to College Station, go pitch there for the Texas A&M Aggies, Let's dig into that recruiting process, you know, how that got started, you know, what some of the key things you were looking for. Take us through that recruiting process and when it got started and what that was like.
2: Yeah, previously, previously I was committed to Rice, uh, Rice University. And uh, so going going into this summer, uh, my, my stuff had kind of jumped a little bit, uh, throwing the ball really well uh, on the first couple of events of this summer. Uh, and made the decision to decommit, um, the great, great rice program, uh, but, but wanted something a little bit more established. So, uh, through, throughout the summer, going through that recruiting process, uh, planning these big events uncommitted, uh, there was, there was a lot of attention and, um, I had, I had a lot of great options. Um, and, and honestly, it was tough splitting hairs uh, between some of the best programs, uh, around. So, uh, but, but a blessing in disguise. I was uh I was forced to kind of lead on the Lord a little bit, and uh, really give that decision to Him, and uh, I he he led me to A and M, and I'd never been a I'd never been able to make a decision with more confidence in my life. Uh, so yeah, that's
1: uh, that just gets me even more excited about about A and M, knowing that that's where I'm supposed to be. So going through that initial recruiting process, you know, committing to Rice, and then here just, you know, within this past year, decommitting, going through a second recruiting process and going to AM, take us through maybe what those comparisons and those differences were amongst those two recruiting processes.
2: Um, well, uh with, with Rice, uh, you know, going going through my first recruiting process, it was uh it was it it was my first recruiting process it's hectic man um so so as a family um and and talking just just reaching out to to as many reliable resources as I can trying trying to make this big decision um there was there was a lot of stress involved with uh with with the second with the second go around um and landing at A&M uh already being through that process once there there wasn't a whole lot of stress it was um it was it it, it had its stress um in in a different way but um you know it was uh, it, it was all a privilege and uh the the way m recruited uh they they recruited the right the right way al- along with so many other schools but uh they were they were persistent and it uh, made me feel wanted so uh that that played a huge role in in landing there
1: Yeah. So throwing it back to your initial recruiting process here. So take us through, you know, what's going through your mind. I'm sure you were what probably, you know, freshman sophomore when this was going on, take us Mm. through that recruiting process. You know, what's going through your mind as you're talking to collegiate coaches, what was that like, you know, I just take us through what's going through your mind as you're talking to these collegiate coaches for the first time.
2: Yeah. Well, previously to uh, previously, like that summer beforehand, um, I was I, w- I was not that type of player. Uh, I was not a divi- division one level level player. So uh, I, I made a big jump my sophomore year, uh, my sophomore spring, actually. And uh, and so that summer I was able to have those conversations. And and like you said, talk to those uh, division, division one coaches. Uh, and it, it was it, it was a dream come true, uh, really. So So that kind of surreal feeling was was definitely there. Um, but but no, you're forced to grow up, um, and and you start to see a little bit of the business side of baseball, and um, and to experience that firsthand was was really neat, um, really neat, and and very valuable uh, for for so many reasons at a young age.
1: Yeah. So what? Well, so as you're go- let's let's go ahead. Let's separate this into two separate questions. Uh, so what were some of those key things that you were looking for, you know, through that first recruiting process that landed you at Rice? And then this past summer, you said it wasn't as much stress, but there was still a little in different ways. Uh, what were some key things you were looking for the second go around that landed you at AM? Mm.
2: Yeah. So the second go around, um, I, I was really, I was looking for an established program um, and in a coaching staff that, that, that not only wanted to win, but, but wanted to develop, um, and, and, you know, AM uh, from, from head to toe, from, from their head coach all the way down to, to their assistants and, and their personal trainers. I mean, everybody is, is they screen development, not only with, with their mouths, but, but with their reputation, um, and their, and, and their background. Um, so that, that was a huge, a huge focus uh, of mine because when, when the power five schools are recruiting you, um, they all can win. Uh, they, they all can go to Omaha in any given season. And, um, so, so that winning culture, you know, kind of, kind, kind of goes out the window. Cause, cause, cause everybody has it. Um, and, and the coaching staffs are all great as well. Um, but, but college station being four hours away from home, uh, and, and a great median between, uh, multiple sides of family, uh, spread out across, across the state. Um, Along with the way they recruited me, made me the the location with the persistence in the recruiting process and and probably the biggest kicker, the coaching staff um, made made it a done deal.
1: Yeah. So I know you said as you're making this as you're making this decision, you know, you you went to the Lord a couple of times, you know, actually, you know, thought it through. Um, You said at the end you were completely fine with you, the idea of going to A&M and you, you knew that that was the place for you. But throughout the process, was there a couple schools that finished, you know, potentially a close second or third to A&M? Or for the most part, was A&M kind of head, head and shoulders over the rest?
2: No, it, it was definitely not uh, not like that. It was, uh, there was, yeah, there was a, a lot of schools. Uh, there was probably three or four schools that were, uh, I guess you could say tied, um, that, that I was really torn between. Uh, and and that's where that that's where that leading on the Lord came from, and there's actually a pretty cool story that goes with that. Um, so, being uh, having these conversations, you know, making this big decision, you're talking with family members and coaches, um, and trusted role models, uh, and baseball baseball advisors to get some guidance on on these programs here, but uh, it, it just wasn't helping. So so for a week, I, I decided to not talk. Um, about the recruiting process with anyone, and and solely solely just go to the Lord and, and pray on it, and um, and so without talking about it for a whole week, um, I, on that eighth day I was I I made that phone call, uh, to to A and M, and and like I said I had so much confidence in that decision without even talking about it, um, and it, it was that that's a that's a true testament to to that. To to the Lord's clarity and, and peace that he provided there in that scenario. Mm-hmm.
1: So throughout those seven days, you're not talking to anybody about the recruiting process, you know, it's between you and the Lord at that point. Um, what was that final thing? Or I guess maybe was what was the final sign that you just went through your mind where you're like, okay, I think AM is, you know, a little bit above this other school, these other couple of schools I'm thinking about. What was that final thing that just put AM over the edge? Um, there, uh, there,
2: I, I want to say there wasn't really, wasn't really that, that final thing that put him over the edge. Um, cause, cause it really wasn't, it really wasn't my decision at that point. Um, there was, uh, there was just a tugging in my heart that, that was constantly, uh, had, had me leaning towards A&M and, and I would, I would continuously go back to the Lord in prayer. And, uh, that, that tugging just kept on getting stronger and stronger until it was undeniable. So, uh, it it wasn't even really my decision at that
1: point. Yeah. So you know, not being committed to A and M for not not very long before you actually did sign with them here this past fall. Um, what are some of those relationships mm-hmm. that you have, you know, with that A and M coaching staff, and how they evolved here these past couple of months, now that you've been signed and are ready to go there, you know, after this spring and after the summer.
2: Yeah. Well, the 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 coaching staff are right, they're very very personable people. Uh, great men. Uh, a lot of them love the Lord as well um, and just, just great, just great, great people. So um, throughout the recruiting process, getting getting to talk to Jim Slosnagle pretty often and uh, and Nolan Kane, the recruiting coordinator, uh, as, as well as Coach uh, coach Jeske, uh the pitching coach there um, had many, many phone calls and conversations there uh, that that just they, they make you feel comfortable and uh, it, they're they're like a family um and and a lot of people, a lot of people might say that, but um, but but they don't. they they just live it out. and uh, and it, it's a true family they have at a and m. So um they're they're there' and and I'm so excited to to just join that join that Aggie family there.
1: Mm-hmm. So being an in-state guy, you know, only you said a couple hours away from college station, you know, you originally from Katie, which I believe isn't too far from college station. Um, What are some of those relationships Mm -hmm. you have, you know, with other A&M signees or even guys who are there now or even guys who might be a little bit younger than you um, are already committed there? What are some of the relationships you have with other future Aggies or current Aggies?
2: Yeah. um, Jack, Jack Bell, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He uh, he decommitted from from Arizona State, I believe, uh, around the same time. Uh, that that I decommitted from rice and and so we kind of got to go through the recruiting process a little bit together um and, and he'd landed at am a couple weeks before I made that decision um or that call and um so uh jack, jack and I became really good friends uh through that and and just playing together on Texas 12 but then uh, and, and then there was also uh, ty baker he's a he's a right-handed pitcher uh great guys well played played for Texas 12 so um being around those guys all summer you know you, you go back to the relationships uh they're built there um through the ups and the downs and then um I really got to know a lot of the guys on our on our official visit weekend uh get got to got to meet the whole whole recruiting class and and spend spend some quality time with them so uh just the, they're great guys, and A and M they they attract the right kind of people. So,
1: yeah. Um, so I know this past summer you said that you got to live the PO life for the first time. So something I'm going to go ahead and assume you're going to be living out these next three years at least as you're at A and M. Um, so what was that like? You know, making that transition from a pitcher and a first baseman to just a PO. Um, I guess, how have you, how has your game evolved? You know, maybe a little bit more quickly uh, solely focusing on pitching. What was that like kind of making that transition from a two-way to a PO?
2: Yeah. uh, Well, you know, growing up being a two-way, I was actually committed to rice as a two-way and coming off a coming off a huge uh, junior season at the plate. uh, You know, I I thought I could really hit (laughs) and then, uh, and then, and then I was hit in the mouth with uh, 92 and changeups and curveballs for the first time. Uh, and re- really humbled me at the plate. Uh, but, you know, on the mound, you know, I got up there and, and did my thing and felt right at home. So, um, oh, that, that happened a couple of times uh, early in the summer. And, you know, I started to see the writing on the wall, uh, especially going through the the second recruiting process and thinking about what I was going to do at the next level. Um, so yeah, that's that's how that was as a two way. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm sure. So, um, you know, arm care with you being a pitcher, you know, arm care is very important in terms of, you know, you want to make sure you don't throw too many innings, you know, throughout the long season, you know, going from, you know, like we said, game one coming up next week to what, let's say this this spring playing summer ball a little bit um, there in College Station, going through fall ball, some intermeals, um, you know, you'll be throwing a lot. So take us through your arm care situation when that comes to, you know, the off season. And then again, when you're in season as well, let's say, you know, you start a game, what does those next couple of days look like? Take us through your off season and your in season arm care. Yeah. Uh, off season.
2: Uh, I really, really, uh, I got with the mobility trainer, um, and, and really got bought into what's called FRC training, uh, which is a mobility, uh, mobility, I guess, I don't want to say class, but a program, so to speak. Um, and so this off season really focused on loading the tissue, uh, in my, in my rotator cuff and, and just building up my forearm and, uh, bicep and tricep around the elbow. Um, that, that was a big focus as far as arm care goes. And then, uh, and then when it goes, when it comes to in season, uh, I'm big on bands uh, and, and the driveline balls. I throw them backwards pretty often, and so you know, just keeping keeping my rotator cuff and, and shoulder really really in in shape, in um, bulletproof um, is the goal. Um, but yeah, just keeping keeping all that in inside the shoulder in uh, shape for the
1: heavy load this spring uh, is is critical. Cool. So, you know, also and also another important aspect to that, you know, when you're digging into the season is your ramp up schedule, you know, as I talk to different pitchers here in Indiana, you know, I learned more about their ramp up schedule, you know, what they're looking forward to, you know, as they head into, you know, March and April when our season starts. I know your guy, like we've mentioned before a couple times, your guys' season starting up here pretty soon. Um, so what was your ramp up schedule like? What does that generally look like as you're going through, you know, December, January, what does that ramp up look like? As you know, you hit the off season and slowly hit that transition to the in season.
2: Yeah, we did a, uh, uh, the ramp the ramp up I did this spring was, uh, it was, it was an eight week, it was an eight week program, uh, that, that started up just, just, a I I want to say a week or two before, before, uh, christmas before christmas break uh so so been thrown for a little while now um trying to get on the mound early um and just ch- trying to get to mid-season form as early as possible um to, to really do damage on the mound this spring and um and, and hopefully sh- hopefully show from for some scouts as well but yeah i'm a big uh i'm a big long toss guy um uh, long toss and pull downs have been kind of my bread and butter um not not against the drive line, but just, just not something uh, super big in our program here at North Lamar, uh, or, or anything that I've really been exposed to or, or taught how to do. So, uh, and and the and the long toss has been great to me and kept my arm healthy. So, that's that that's been a huge staple in, in who I am as a pitcher and and growing my arm strength has been a, a long toss, stretching it out, and then and, and then pull downs, really max effort, uh, com- coming back in has been. Has been a staple for me.
1: Yeah. So you talk about that potential of getting to get getting you talk about that potential of that opportunity to, you know, potentially throw in front of scouts this spring. Um, you've also gotten that chance to you talk about area Code and PG National when there's a bunch of scouts there as well. Um, how do you kind of keep that keep a good mindset? You know, what is that mentality like when you're trying to keep a ton of vision on the game of baseball when you know there are actual scouts there, you know, watching you pitch um on the mound?
2: yeah, well, like I said earlier, um, the uh, I'm pitching for North Lamar and uh, and and I don't I don't pitch for the Scout. Uh, and there's been a little bit of trial and error in that in that mindset uh, going going to play in these and pitch in these big environments. But fortunately, I, I see it as I have two plan A's between going uh, going to uh, a great power five school. Uh, with great development or, or being drafted at a high school and, and having the opportunity to go play pro ball early uh, and the development uh, benefits there as well. So there, there's really no, 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 no wrong way to go. So uh, I'm just kind of playing my game and, and, and pitching for northamar' cause the, uh, the, the goal of state title right now. And, and that's what I have my mind focused on it. It's, it's not the drafter or, or A&M really yet. It's uh it's it's all about that state title here, here in a couple months.
1: Yeah. So as we stay on the topic of scouts, let's go ahead. Let's put you in the shoes of these scouts. They're at a game watching you pitch. What would be your personal scouting report that you would write up on yourself? If you were at a game this spring, watching you pitch at North Lamar. Uh,
2: the the fastball is electric um, low to mid nineties fastball uh, that, that I can command to, to both sides of the plate. The uh the, the breaking ball is 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 consistently good, um, can spin it for a strike, um, and and can tunnel it well with the fastball for first swing and miss pitch as well. Um, the the consistency there with the breaking ball is 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 huge, and I think sets me apart um, aside from just my velo uh, in, in this high school baseball season, uh, and then and then as well as the changeup um, that that's still developing, but. But but it comes out of the hand. Uh has it has a little dive to it. Um and it's gonna be tough for, for right-handed hitters um as as the comfort as the comfort level with that goes up.
1: Yeah. So you talk about developing you said your changeup, right? You kind of cut out there for a second.
2: Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, the changeup.
1: Okay. So you talk about developing your change up. What are a couple of those other things, you know, as you're looking at your game that you're wanting to develop most here, you know, this spring, you know, if you do head to A&M this fall, uh, just what are some of those different things that you're wanting to develop within your game before you head to the next level, whether that's pro ball or collegiate baseball?
2: Uh, Location of the fastball for sure. Uh, It's good. You know, I, I, I have confidence to to throw a strike when I need to uh, at any, at any time in any count, but, um, but the location of that, uh, the location of the fastball is, is essential to, to everything else that plays off of it. So, so that along with the changeup uh, is going to be a huge piece uh, to, to add to the repertoire um, going into college baseball, just, just, just makes everything else play that much better to be able to, to, to show and, and execute a changeup.
1: So as you've gone through your baseball career, you know, playing for uh, North Lamar where you guys said you guys very good baseball program, you know, going to be contenders this year for a state title, hopefully, you know, playing for Coach Knox for the Texas 12, going to all these different events. You know, making those relationships, playing for Five Star. Um, you know, you've had a ton of ba- you've had a ton of great baseball minds within your career so far. But if you could pick, you know, two to three people that have been the most influential within your baseball career, who would those people be, and what would be the reasonings for them being so influential?
2: Uh, Brick Steed, uh, as I mentioned earlier, my high school coach is. Uh... It is phenomenal, uh, on, on so many different levels, uh, super strong Christian man, um, is not, not only, you know, speaks, but, um, he, his actions, you know, display what it means to be a Christian man and in the, and in the baseball world as well. Um, he, he's a great role model and mentor to me, uh, as well as, uh, coach Corvan Allen or, or CVA as we call him, um, we we've gotten to play catch a couple times, uh, when I've been in town, uh, just, just, just a great dude, man. He, um, uh, he, he reaches out often and, uh, just, just checks up. It, um, it, it goes back to those relationships. You know, I, I, I don't, see, I, I see us staying in, staying in contact pretty often, um, uh, you know, throughout, throughout the rest of my life. He's, uh, the, the impact he made on me this summer, um, You know, giving me different tools here and there, uh, developing me and and preparing me to pitch on a higher level, uh, you know, is uh, I think has already, you know, played a huge role uh, to me as a pitcher, um, especially going into playing college baseball.
1: Yeah. So another, uh, another person who, you know, these next couple of months or even, you know, three years down the road as well, when you hit the MLB draft again, someone who might be very influential is your, you know, your draft advisor slash, you know, agent in a way, you know, when you do what the same thing in a way, just different names. Um, let's dig through that a little bit. You know, like I've said, you know, once I graduate from college here in a couple of years, that's what I'm trying to be. So I always like to, you know, I always have a couple of questions for you guys about the advisor selection process. Um, so just take me through that. You know, what was that timeline like? You know, when was it that advisors and agents kind of started reaching out to you? Yeah,
2: about halfway through the summer, the agents started started reaching out, and it was it was something I wasn't prepared for. So it was a uh, it, it was a little bit of a little bit of a confusing process uh, at, at that time. But uh, fortunately, uh, my high school coach Brick Steed. Has uh, has great connections in that in that area, and um, one of his former players, uh, Philip Umber, uh, used to play pro ball. Um, great, you know, MLB pitcher uh, had a had a great career. His his advisor, um, he was with Moy Sports, uh, and he's he's a great man as well. Um, and so we we reached out to reached out to Moy through Philip. And uh, and got in contact, and, and that, that's who I'm with right now is is uh, Mike Moy and Bill Rose, uh, with Moy Sports, and uh, they are they're they're a great 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 organization, uh, founded founded in their faith, and and uh, and they stick to their guns there, um, and just just great great quality people there uh, to have in your corner, uh, not only just on the baseball side, but but you can always pick up the phone and give them a call when you need to.
1: Yeah. So as the whole process was getting started for you before you picked those guys at Moy, um, what were some of those key things that you were looking for? And then even beyond that, like what was the what was the main way that these agents were reaching out? Was it through, you know, potentially some in person stuff at a tra- at a travel event, um, through text? How what was that like? You know, what was those initial points of contact and then what were some key things you were looking for?
2: Yeah, a little bit of both. They um they would they would reach out to me directly, um, or DM me on Twitter and, uh, and get my number that way. And, and depending on, on where we were playing at that time, you know, some of them would, would come watch, come watch me throw and then, and then stay afterwards. Uh, we, we'd go get lunch to eat, uh, a couple times. And, uh, you know, as, as we kind of heard, uh, about the, about the advisor process, is that, is that a lot of times these advisors, they, um, They are they're they're not just just your baseball people, um, but but a lot of times you know you build you build a relationship that lasts because you're with these guys for for the majority of your career. uh, Hopefully, hopefully if they're good, um, you you know you stick with them. And so you know, similar to the college recruiting process, you know it it seemed to be a really big decision. Uh, So so finding someone who I gelled with uh, that that I knew uh, would always have my back long term. And, and that really put a priority on on me as a person uh and a player um over their over their business and, and the money side of things cuz cuz I know that that plays a factor to to a lot of these uh agents or advisors so uh we we landed with with Bill Rose and and Mike Moy and I couldn't be happier Uh, Dave, they've they've just been a huge blessing to me.
1: Yeah. So with those guys in your life now, you know, that means, you know, you are a draft prospect. Like you mentioned, you got two plan A's, you know, head to A&M, you know, go to a great collegiate baseball program that's consistently in the College World Series. Or, you know, go play pro ball, get drafted, two plan A's there. Um, So when it Mm -hmm. comes to the MLB draft right now, like where are you at on that in terms of, you know, are scouts coming and having in-person meetings? What are some of those meetings looking like? What does that look like right now?
2: Yeah, uh, over the fall or the winter, we had a uh, we we had multiple scouts that come to the house and and have dinner. Uh, multiple came up to watch me work out. Uh, some some lift weights, uh, some just watching me watching me long toss in the ramp up process. Um, so so a lot of lot of relationships being built there, and um, you, you know teams teams getting to know me and uh, me getting to know them as well. Uh, i just had my last uh just had my first real outing on saturday and uh had had almost a dozen a dozen there um you know uh checking me out uh seeing seeing where i was at uh this spring so you know ho- hopefully they'll be back uh but but that's kinda where that's going right now uh and and it has been really good i've i've enjoyed it um but but still no pressure as well with with the two plan a's
1: yeah so having you know a couple of different scouts from uh, I'm assuming couple of different teams you know coming out you know having dinner with you this and that do a lot yeah. of the scouts have the same format and how they go about things or do some scouts you know have their own way of doing things? Uh, it
2: that's actually been a cool thing to see. Uh, I I thought they would I thought they would all be kind of kind of cut similarly, but uh, the the different orgs do do things very differently and and they scout differently too. Uh asking him questions of you know you know what do you look for you know as a scout what what if what is your your team uh what are y'all looking for in a prospect um those those answers have varied uh and and shocked me uh and my family as well but um you know it it was it just just certain things like that you know really stood out that that i i i did not know before <laughs>
1: I'm sure, you know, that's that's one thing, you know, as I be- go into my agent career and start building relationships with scouts, I've seen, you know, a variation with that as well. Uh, but no, yeah. so a couple more questions here for you. We'll dig away from the game of baseball ended off with some, you know, beyond the field stuff. Um, so cool. we talked about it earlier about your passion of, you know, you know, helping, volunteering, you know, doing a couple things. You know, you talk about we've talked about your faith as well. Um, But what are some of those passions that you have, you know, beyond those couple of things beyond the game of baseball that help you just get your mind off of, of things when you're stressed out?
2: Yeah. Since, since we moved out uh, to, to kind of the country a little bit uh, here in Paris, Texas, I've, I've taken up fishing. Uh, My grandpa, my grandpa owns, he doesn't own a lake, but, but he lives on a lake uh, that, and and he has a little boat, a little fishing boat. So a lot of times I'll go out there when the weather's nice and, and clear my mind. Um, I've, I've also picked up golf kind of as a side hobby with my buddies, um, uh, obviously with the weather as well, but, uh, that, that's always just those two things right there. Um, you know, either alone or, or with some buddies, they're, uh, great things to, to help clear mind and kind of just, just feel like a kid again, you know, kind of get away from, from the stress that, that the game brings occasionally, um, always always great escapes right there
1: i'm sure so let's go ahead let's look at let's look at your phone right now so you're going through all the contacts that you have i'm sure you know going to all these different events you've you've met quite a few cool people if you Mm -hmm. could pick the coolest contact that you have in your phone right now who (laughs) would that contact be
2: uh no brainer man um andy pettit uh his son his son luke pettit actually played on our uh, on our texas 12 team um Right handed pitcher going to DBU. Uh great, great family. Love the Pettits. Uh, but but yeah, Andy and I have have had some really cool conversations and um and he, he's a cool contact to have, man. That's a that's a legend right there.
1: Anytime you've got I know he won like what, four or five different World Series. Anytime you got a guy like that in your phone, <laughs> it's pretty safe to say he's gonna be your coolest contact. Uh, but when when you're around a guy like him, you know, you said Luke played with, with your team on the Texas 12, correct? Mm-hmm. So when you're around a guy like Andy, who's, you know, had so many years in the major leagues, you know, won multiple different World Series, you know, was a part of that core four with Derek Jeter, um, Posada, and I forget the fourth guy, but uh, or Rivera, um, when you're around a guy yep. like that, um, like, what are what are some different ways that you're picking his brain just kind of seeing, you know, with all the different experiences he's had in his career? Um, what are some maybe some different questions you're asking him and just trying to, you know, build your knowledge?
2: Yeah. His uh, uh immediately almost out the gate, uh him him watching me throw, I was I was primarily two seams uh with the fastball. Uh didn't didn't matter what the hitter um, you know, lefty or righty, I was I was throwing a two seam. And uh and and he talked to me about that a little bit and, and how he used to be that way in his career uh as, as a pitcher, but he really, really found the cutter um, and and the value in, in running a four seam fastball or a cutter kind of up on the right hand of hitter's hands, um, and and that that playing with the two seam, you know, just making both those pitches that much better. Um, that that immediately was something I implemented into my game, and uh, didn't take long to pick up, and and I think I think just immediately jumped. Jump, jumped my game uh you know up a couple notches there um and then'm I'm, I'm still trying to try to figure out his pickoff move there but <laughs> uh, but yeah that, that was probably my my biggest and initial takeaway from from Andy.
1: Yeah all right, so let's go ahead I got two more questions here for you. Um, so let's look into the future 20 years down the road you know let's say everything's going right for you you know you keep you know balling out you, you ball out at Texas, you ball out in the pros you know whatever happens everything's going right what does that perfect picture of your life look like 20 years down the road from now
2: yeah are we, are we talking post baseball it
1: can be po- so i guess 20 years from now you're 37 38 i guess that that's up that's your decision here 20 years <laughs> down the road whoa, I, what what are you thinking like what's that perfect picture look like
2: <laughs> well uh, it, it depends if we're going the Tom Brady route or not uh, play play until we're 50 but uh yes I mean playing playing pro ball, that that's the dream uh I, to be more specific in the major leagues uh that that's the dream there uh so so to live that out as long as possible would be awesome uh but but if but if the game ends ends earlier than that for me um uh, uh having a wife and and starting a family um and and I want to be an entrepreneur uh very that that's very, the very much the way my brain is geared. Uh, I'm a, I like to consider myself a hardworking guy, um, and and just really like to get things done, and uh, and manage manage people, manage resources, uh, and just trying to make things run efficiently. So, so in some type of manager role, or or hopefully using some of that some of that money, uh, from from baseball to be able to start up a company or business. Uh, would would be what I wanted to
1: do, okay, all right, so lead into my last question here. Um, so when you do head to a and m or when you do go go to the next level and play pro ball, you're gonna get that opportunity to, you know, endorse a brand, whether that's Nil in college or just endorse a brand generally. Um, if you could choose a dream brand to you know, endorse, collaborate with, partner with, whatever it happens <laughs> to be, what would that dream brand happen to be?
2: Oh, man, well, you know the the initial thought goes to you know your nikes and your Underarmors and you know those those big times brand big time brands with with that sick gear but uh i just recently I, i'm a vans guy uh i i like wearing vans and uh so i just recently saw some vans cleats actually so i would i would love to 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 wear those uh down the road that
1: that'd be sick okay that's i think that's the first time for that answer you know that's pretty cool i believe uh you know, I I always love answers like that. I think it was my sophomore year. Um, they came out with these shoes. Uh shoe. oh, dang it! What what's the shoes called that he wears in Sandlot? Um, you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh
2: gosh, dude, I don't even know. You,
1: but you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes.
2: Yeah. They, I know they, what they, look like.
1: they had some special edition Converse cleats. I've never worn yes. Converse in my life, but you know, I see these online. I'm like, Dad, I'm <laughs> buying these suckers. My sophomore year, that's all I wore was these Converse cleats. You know, I, I, I've always enjoyed, you know, you know, unique, unique stuff like that. Um, yeah. so I, I always love it when someone you does doesn't answer with the word terms, Nike or Marucci, Louisville slugger, those big time brands. I like it when people bring that type of stuff up. Uh, but no, man, that is the final question here on the JKR podcast, you know, super appreciative of you, of you coming on the podcast. You no, know, I want to wish you the best of luck as you guys start your season this upcoming week, you know, as you move on to that next level, whether that is pro ball or college ball here within the next couple of months, just the best of luck the rest of your career. And like I said, man, just really appreciate you coming on the j Harrah podcast.
2: Yeah, Jace, man, I appreciate you having me this. Uh, I want to say you're a really good speaker. And, um, and, you uh, know, I listened to a couple of your podcasts uh, just beforehand leading up to this. Um, And I'm, I'm impressed with the work you're doing, man. Like, you know, for real, stick with it.